0: Welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Erin. I'm Clayton. And I'm your romance-alvel veteran.
1: And I'm the virgin.
0: We're your hosts. Hi, Clayton. Hello. How's it going?
1: Good. I'm coming to you from a garage. Ooh. Last week, I came from a shed.
0: Next uh, week, it'll be a lean-to.
1: Maybe. Who knows <laughs> at this point? It's, I it's I hope it's soundproof. A pool house. That would be nice. A pool house would be very, very nice. Yeah. (laughs) But we'll see. It seems to be moving down and not up. So we'll see.
0: A shed to a garage is a downgrade?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I feel like. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's it's the shed and the garage in question. I guess you'd have to see them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I haven't seen them. That's it unfortunately due to covid restrictions i haven't been able to see shed or garage
1: yeah i can't i can't make any sort of like blanket statement about the differences between sheds and garages (laughs) i don't really like to 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 say that kind of stuff because you know you can't see every shed you can't see every garage right but in my experience the garage is a downgrade from the shed
0: so we are continuing the tradition that we started last week (laughs) um which we said, you know, we're going to read a review sort of every once in a while. Um, but then something happened and we got a truly fantastic review and we decided, oh, well, we have to read this one.
1: So, this review we got from Shells Bells 72. Five star review. Thank you so much. And it is titled Weird New Species Dreams. This podcast is amazing. Learning the tropes is the first podcast I ever listened to consistently, and since then I've gone down the romance novel podcast rabbit hole and I couldn't be happier. Aaron and Clayton are hilarious together, and their banter is so fun. I've even gotten my non-romance novel reading mother to listen a couple times, sort of. That brings me to my review title. Because of COVID, I had to move out of my apartment, and my mom came up to help with a 12-hour ugh drive home. Around 4 a.m., I was flagging and turned on the Slade New Species episode. I laughed my way through the episode, and upon arriving safely home and waking up, my mom turned to me and said, I just had a dream about a man who was was also a dog. Was that me? (laughs) At that point, I was hitting close to 24 hours with no sleep, and I started laughing so hard I cried. What was obviously an upsetting life change ended with near hysterical laughter and tears of joy. Though I hit tears of exhaustion pretty soon after. Can't say how much this show and the rest of Romance Landia has brightened a pretty bleak situation. And then, if that wasn't good enough, she gave us a euphemism: womb broom.
0: A truly disgusting truly euphemism. Truly
1: disgusting one. Now I had never heard it before. This is a perfect review because it is mm-hmm. uh, almost perfect because it's five star. It mm-hmm. it it gives us a euphemism. It, however, and this might be because she might not have listened to the episode yet, uh, did not tell us how she would like us to murder her. But <laughs> I forgot about that. But otherwise, I mean, I can't I can't take any any scores off for that. This is a great review, but. Yeah. Thank you for the review. That's so awesome. I, you know, I know what it's like to be uprooted. We, uh, you know, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's not fun. It stinks. Um, but it's, it's good that there, you can still have a laugh and, and, you know, realizes this, this is not forever. Uh, so we're, we're there with you. Shell Spells 72. Yeah. Well, what what did we read this week, Aaron?
0: Yeah, I was just going to say, listen, we're not here to talk about Slade, although we could. We are here to talk about The Opposite of You, uh, which is a book by Rachel Higginson. It is number one in The Opposite's Track series. Um, And let's go ahead and judge this cover.
1: I like this cover. It's different, Mm. at least from my experience. I mean, uh, it's it's a little bit i don't want to say hipper and cooler (laughs) but it is a little bit um Mm -hmm. it's we we have our we have killian on the cover he's got shades he's got his huge beard it says the opposite of you in kind of sloppy cursive in his beard and we also see a cityscape he's translucent so you can see i I believe a cityscape inside him is that Mm -hmm. what i'm seeing
0: yeah, it's a funny way of saying it, but yes, like because everything else is white, and then it's just sort of like, yeah, behind. I, there has to be some sort of graphic design word from that for that
1: that somebody is like yelling at
0: us, and we're just like, his beard is a city. But yeah, if you're yelling uh, a
1: graphic design term at us, <laughs> you're you're yelling at the wrong people.
0: We don't know that.
1: If I could, if I if I was a graphic designer, I wouldn't be, you know, podcasting from a garage right now.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I know, I love it too. I think it's the same. It's like very cool. um, I think it also does the thing that some covers don't aren't able to do where it really tells you a a little bit about the hero um, you wouldn't necessarily know it's a romance, but I think the title makes you pretty much guess it's a romance. Um, um,
1: I I mean, the opposite of you, maybe not. I mean, if you have no reference to romance whatsoever, you might not know that that would be a romance title. Like, you're right. I don't know if it screams romance to a general audience, but I think I would probably pick this up at a bookstore and assume it's romance, even if it wasn't in the romance mm-hmm. section.
0: Yeah, because he just seems like really cool and like urban and um and like hip and a little dangerous and sort of being able to show all that on the cover i think is really cool yeah clayton what was
1: this book about so this book was about vera who has to move back actually this ties into our review has to move back home and she was in europe for around a year she she fled a bad relationship she comes back and opens a food truck called foodie now this isn't something that she wants to do it's a last gasp at doing something that she loves because we'll we'll figure this out later in the book but her ex derek is a powerful guy in the food industry and she feels like she is not able to get a job because of him and she mm-hmm. puts her food truck in the parking lot of her brother van's cycling shop and it's right across the street from what is the name of the restaurant lulu lilu lulu so it's right across the, the street from lulu which is the best restaurant in the whole city and the Chef there is named Killian Quinn, and he is known for being a great chef, but also a taskmaster, an asshole, a, you know, cocky dude. What happens is he he kind of butts in on Vera's life, sending her notes about her food after eating it, where she gets really offended. But it starts to push her to do more adventurous and better food. And they eventually get together and fall in love. And she <laughs> realizes that he is not an asshole like her ex, Derek. He's a good guy. And he really was just pushing her to be the chef that he knew she could be. So that's it. That's kind of the the gist of the story. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to disappoint people here. But I like this book.
0: Why would that disappoint people? Because I, I feel pe- like
1: pe- I, people sometimes yeah. like it when we don't like something.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> I feel like you're not on Instagram because I feel like I get comments that they're like, I'm nervous you're not going to like this book that I love. So I'm just not going to listen to that episode. And I'm like, I don't know. Listen, maybe we'll like it. Yeah. Or turn it off if we don't. It, I think you could always tell if like the description is really short that I'm just like, oh, this book, we got to get over it.
1: Yeah, it used to be if the episode was short, we didn't uh-huh. like the book as much. But now, since we just blabber on and on and on, you can't tell from that. You, but you, yeah. but you can tell usually where it's like, if the description inside the episode is almost nothing about the book, too.
0: Right. It's like, how many tangents did we go off on? It was because we were... Like nervous that we were going to be talking too much shit about the book. (laughs) Yeah. Because then you sort of like dig in. Oh, so what did you love about the book? Like what connected with
1: you? Well, I didn't love it. I liked it. Okay, I'm sorry. I will say, Uh I will say at the beginning, I thought it was going to be rough because cooking, the whole chef world is kind of obnoxious because Mm -hmm. there's, there's, there's no reason for people to be assholes as chefs. I know there's that whole, and we, we don't have to get into the whole, like, is the cooking industry full of toxic personalities? Because it seems to be yes. mm-hmm. the most prominent people have that persona. And that seemed like, as much as I like Killian, I still feel like... You don't have to be an asshole in the kitchen because it's so funny how we've built these things around food where food, I understand the emotional connection people have to food because just primally, if you shared food with somebody back in the day, that meant that you cared enough about them to want them to survive because it was about survival. Now food isn't about survival for a lot of us. Now, God forbid there are people out there and I don't want to. Exclude them that you know don't know where their next meal is going to be, but most of the time, people can eat when they want to eat. And I think there's a culture that has surrounded food where it's become more than just sustaining, it's become showy, it's become this, it's become that. And it's funny that this thing that's supposed to sustain us and really not supposed to be the center of our life other than to survive has this whole industry where people are screaming at each other and uh and then plating then giving you food after they've just been screamed at it seems so weird to me and it feels like it's against what food should be which is something sustains you and something you feel good about and i don't even know if you have to feel good about food this is a whole this is a whole me thing we won't get into it because my food issues (laughs) are like off the charts but the whole cult surrounding food at all I'm, a, I'm the, I'm the give-me-everything-in-a-pill guy. As soon as they come up with everything I need daily in a pill, I'm not eating food again. Because I just don't yeah. care, and I have no emotional attachment to food in a positive way. So I, I do like Killian, and I grew to like Killian a lot because I realized that he represents a guy who comes off as an asshole at first, but really is just kind of no-nonsense. And and was trying to bring out something in Vera. And the only way he knew how to do it was to be harsh because he was raised, you know, he didn't have really a family. He was raised by this woman, Joe, who was like a taskmaster as well. So that's how he showed love, because he realized Joe loved him later on. And she really just put him to work on her farm and all these things to try and build character. So I think that's the way he shows love although he does get tender afterwards. The thing that at first bothered me about the book was that Vera mentioned she was in Europe so many times. I I think, (laughs) I think what happened is that she hit those things so often about she's running away. She's coming back. She, the only thing she has is food. The only thing she has is food. And I understand that like you want to build a character's personality But there was pages upon pages upon pages at the beginning that were all redundant information to me. Yeah. And I really wanted to just get into the thick of it because when I got into the thick of this, which was him sending her notes, sending spies to eat the food, them going to the farmer's market, those kind of things really popped. And that's what made this book, I think, really enjoyable by the end especially because I loved Vera thinking he's not Derek and realizing that you can be masculine and it not be negative. And I think that's something she had to realize is that Derek wasn't masculine. He was an asshole. Killian Mm -hmm. is masculine and he can be all the positives of masculinity. And uh, not that he was perfect, But she just knew the difference from being around him, the way he touched her, the way he was would talk to her. She was able to tell the difference between a quote unquote good man and a bad man. And I really liked how that was dissected in this book. What did you think?
0: Yeah, I I feel like I had a very similar journey to to you um, where I agree this this sort of idea of chefs being asshole and therefore that's an expression of their genius I feel like is tired and boring and untrue. Um, A lot of it actually comes from sort of the way that French kitchens were run and they were run very like militaristically and so people now have just because You know Americans venerate everything French. (laughs) They just were. uh, It sort of is what has happened, and so that's why it's like a very like rigid structure within these kitchens, um, and and it's funny too because it's like so much of food is a female domain historically, uh, and then you get to these sort of levels of these like top chefs no pun intended. And it's all men and it's sort of the way that you become successful is by taking the femininity out of it and I think that's really sad, uh but interesting and an interesting place to set a um to to set a a romance novel as well. I think I had a similar journey. I never connected with Vera. Um I felt like the same thing as you did, the the constant repetition of I was in Europe, but still somehow, even though she constantly talked about being in Europe and Derek, I never it took me really long to get the timeline down where I was like, wait, when was she with Derek? Was that in Europe? Where was that? Uh, So uh, somehow, even though she mentioned it a lot, I was still very confused. I didn't like the way that she the the weird way that she related to her body as and saying that she was 10 pounds overweight and and those sort of things and not that everyone has to be just like screaming about how much they love their curves but it just um i don't know it just rang kind of false for me it seemed like a weird throwaway character note that i found annoying And I also found it really frustrating that she was like, oh, and I have to come home. Like, her father's dying of cancer. Uh, Her brother loves her. And her friend Molly, who, like, paints her truck and comes and works for her, like, two or three nights a week for free – Like, I would have liked her to have a moment of recognizing like, oh, wow, I do have people around me who really love me and who are a safe place to land and like being grateful for it. And I felt like she never did. She was very self-centered in that way, which I get. Also, it's like if you're doing this big project, she's trying to get her food truck off the ground. That's really hard. And you have to be a little bit self-centered. But it never there was never that moment of realization like, oh, you know, you're a good friend. I feel like I've been taking advantage of you or I don't know. It never happened.
1: Well, she does offer to pay her at a certain point. I think that's her way of expressing that, which Mm -hmm. isn't a good way. But it's still she does reach out. She is just kind of like, I'm going to pay you now. Which Molly, of course, is like, I have a real job. I don't need it. I wouldn't (laughs) be doing this for the money.
0: Right. No, I mean, Molly seems great and she's the heroine of the next book, which I think is cool. Well, And this book is entirely told first person Vera's point of view only, um, which I think is like a bit of a risk because then it's just like we spent so much time with Vera that and because Vera annoyed me, then I was like, well, I can never escape this bitch. That being said, I did love Killian. I thought that he was really wonderful. And he's the kind of hero that I love. The same thing as you did. The sending of the spies, the notes are so fantastic. Him, the little ways that he was just like placing um, things in front of her to help her. Um, the way that he was pushing her. You know, and I think at first he was giving her notes the way that he would give notes to like his sous chef or someone in his kitchen um you know just being like this is bad this is bad this is bad this is bad and th- she didn't respond to it because why would you That psychotic and uh and he sort of changed the way that he spoke with her um he was very protective of her and looked out for her and i thought that that was really sweet and i did like the love story i really loved killian he took her recipes and took things inspired by her and added them to his menu because that she was all he was thinking about. I love that moment for sure. Ultimately, this was just another book for me that was like a little bit uneven. And, and so it's just kind of one of those like middle of the road books that it's like, if you love this book, I'm like, yeah, I get it. I get why you would love this book. And if you didn't, I would be like, yeah, I get why you wouldn't like this book too. I I, I liked it. I don't know that I would ever read it again, you know.
1: Yeah, I actually I will refer back to something you 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 pointed out earlier about her body image stuff. I related to that. I did not think that that was weird, or I, I like I feel like that felt true to me mm-hmm. in a way. But I will say I didn't love vera and i think a lot of it had to do with like you said it is from her point of view and i think if you were in my head or i was in your head all day it would be tough because it's tough to be in your own head and i think what this book does is show us her thoughts And it is claustrophobic and it is annoying because she, I think, is annoyed by her own thoughts. She Mm -hmm. is held back by her own thoughts like a lot of us are. And while I think that is – it was well done in this book, it it doesn't really serve to be a pleasant experience the whole time. Yeah. Because I do like the back and forth – Point of view that we get in most books because it, it, it feels less, we're less trapped in someone's psyche. And being inside Vera's head felt like being trapped a lot of the time. And she really did hit those same notes. But I think maybe we do that too. When I'm, I'm sure right now with my thoughts and how I'm thinking, I'm thinking about the same things over and over again. So if I were to write down every time I thought about a certain thing, I would really annoy myself. And if you had to read it, you'd be like, this is too much. You need a hobby. <laughs> I yeah. I do think that she is selfish. A lot of times, like you said, she doesn't thank Molly. She really doesn't thank Van all that much, who lets her park in his parking lot. And the father is dying. And, I, you know, it, I do think her focus was very, very, very much on herself, but it is her story and Mm -hmm. it is her romance. And I wouldn't have wanted too many scenes where she's doing things that aren't related to her love life and her food truck was very closely related to her love life.
0: No, you're right. And I think that's a really interesting point. That because we're trapped in her point of view, we are trapped with her and we're trapped with her like really mundane thoughts and sort of the things that we all have. Because, yeah, I think all of us like have, you know, think of those like body image issues or, you know, what we look at like when we're going to be around somebody that we have a crush on. Uh, and you can be a bit harsh with it. She changes, though. I mean, we we see it. I think also. Her thinking about her relationship with Derek, I think, is really well done as well. He was a bad guy. And I think it did a great – and, you know, we've read quite a few books now that have um, intimate partner violence. And I think that um, it does a really good job of showing sort of how slowly it can happen, The isolation happens in a way where you're agreeing to things and you're agreeing to little things. Then all of a sudden you look around and you're like, well, what the hell – how did I end up here? Um, and I think that's probably more often the way that it happens. And, and also the way that, you know, he was violent with her, but she sort of is trying to explain it away and say, well, other people experience worse violence and that wasn't the worst violence. And and I think that's also a very common thought for for I, women, I'm going to say, but I'm sure for men as well, of like, well, it wasn't the worst, so it could be worse, so why am I complaining? um which i think is is such such bullshit and it really i i really hate that (laughs) that line of thinking because it's like yeah i guess it could always be worse but it doesn't sort of negate the feelings that you're having right now i'm i'm a big proponent of like taking your time to feel your feelings because they're going to come eventually so it's like just do it now and and have it be done with
1: she complains about having to run a food truck and mm-hmm. everybody around her seems to make it seem like a food truck is the lowest form of yeah. of the career that she wants. Where mm-hmm. a lot of people, I think, make food trucks or, or open food trucks because they want to be their own boss. They want to make the food they want to make. They want to be mobile. And, and all these positive things, I think, in this book, a food truck is looked at as... as this this is last ditch and that was odd to me because anytime i see a food truck i don't look at those people as well they couldn't get into a good kitchen they couldn't get a good job they have to make grilled cheese sandwiches and drive around maybe in the chef community that is the way they're looked upon which i wouldn't be surprised because as we said earlier there's a lot of judgmental nature when it comes to chefs there's a lot of assholes in that industry But let's be honest, there's assholes in every industry. The other thing, though, is like, so this food truck is like being a trash person. If you're a food truck owner, you're a trash person. (laughs) But then he's really worried that this food truck is going to take all of his uh, customers away from his like five star restaurant, which makes no sense. Nobody's like, should I go to Leeloo, which is a classy, I need three months to get a reservation, or should I go to the parking lot across the street and get a grilled cheese? Those things are not the same. You either want to get grilled cheese or you want to go to a fancy restaurant. You're not going to be in a suit your 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 wife's wearing the the dress she we use to go to her friend's wedding because she wants to reuse it and go on a night in the town and say, you know what instead of using our reservation here, let's go get sloppy Joe's.
0: I thought that that his uh, his upset with having the food truck in the parking lot was more that it was gonna sort of um oh, what's the word? it was going to sort of like bring the Lilo experience down. You know what I mean? Uh, there
1: goes the neighborhood situation.
0: Con- yeah. So it was sort of it was going to like cheapen Lilu because they're like, oh, look, there's just a food truck there. And not that you would go to the food truck instead of Lilu, but you would just be like, oh, this isn't as nice. Like how when you're in L.A. and anytime you go to like the fanciest restaurant, it's always like in a strip mall. <laughs> It's yeah like next to a Rite Aid but I agree too because I'm like I don't know I think food trucks are very different and also in this book they don't paint a great picture of working in a kitchen like we have Wyatt who seems like chill as fuck uh who
1: works with Killian um and Wyatt needs to get his own book right he's got to get oh he's yeah. got to get like the third book or something right I don't know oh, if yeah. it already Justice happened for
0: Wyatt uh I have no idea either but you know Ezra's yeah. the yeah.
1: second one I know that hmm so Ezra
0: and Molly which I knew have you read enough romance novels yet that when you saw Ezra and Molly together for the first time you're like oh, okay
1: so this is book two <laughs> absolutely absolutely when they when they were mad at each other immediately we didn't even get to see it but I feel like we might see that scene mm-hmm. fully in the next book possibly
0: yeah or they'll reference it for sure there's no way that it's going to be unmentioned yes um I, I agree why. Yeah, they don't paint a picture, a great picture of why you'd want to work in a kitchen. And so for her, I'm like, I don't know the freedom of being able to do whatever the hell you want. Making, you know, cash in hand, which, you know, is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm i like, I don't know. I think food trucks seem pretty legit. And also it's like food trucks and then you ha- you end up with a fleet of food trucks. And then you start doing brick and mortar, but it's on your terms. I'm like... It it also seems like a pretty simple career path to owning your own restaurant in a non-traditional way. Also, she's 26. So I'm like, I, you seem incredibly young to be owning your own business of any kind. And I think that's kind of great. And yeah, I did find the, the disconnect of them really shitting on food trucks to be kind of funny considering... I don't, it didn't seem that bad to me. But also, like you said, they're snobs. They're assholes. So it makes sense, I guess.
1: And we're not in the food industry. So we might just be right. talking out of our butts. I'm sure anybody who, if anybody is in the food industry who knows the hierarchy, you know, the more I think about it, I'm sure that chefs think of food trucks like they're, you know, kitty food. They're like how I like it's just waffles like. You know, like that's not food that's junk for drunk people, which is what she refers to her food as not junk, but it's food for drunk people. So there is a level of I'm serving drunks. That is not where I want to be. And that's what a food truck is. Maybe that's what the industry looks at it as. I think from the outside, somebody who has no real interest in the food industry or knowledge of the food industry. I look at a food truck and I see. uh. I don't want to say freedom, but I see some sort of entrepreneurial spirit.
0: Right. And somebody who maybe
1: doesn't want to be yelled at as a line cook.
0: Mm -hmm. So. And also her food. Well, I know that you're so sensitive to food. So what did you think of the food descriptions? How would you
1: eat at foodie? Yeah, no. I mean, it seemed like, I mean, I would, I wouldn't not eat at foodie. There's probably a lot of stuff I couldn't eat at Foodie. It just seemed needlessly. It was like a lot of wankery in my estimation. Like, <laughs> th- I'm gonna this romelad and this reduction and like that kind of st- talk. I like I'm gonna do a deconstructed chicken salad. It's like deconstructed. What the fuck does that mean? It, it's it's all in little mm. pieces and there's no mayo. What is like that kind of stuff annoys me. So I I was like, I liked that the. Food tied into their love and it was done in a really good way like you said he starts incorporating her ideas and I thought that worked really well narratively but I was kind of sick of food destri- descriptions and and don't get me started on him going down on her in the kitchen of Lilu mm. disgusting because mm-hmm. somebody's getting someone's getting pubes in their steak <laughs> Because when that scene started happening, I was like, "Don't!" Because at first they start, you know, making out in 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 one of the at one of the tables or in a booth or whatever in the restaurant while it's closed. He's a little tipsy. They're having a little sexy time. He does a little digit insertion. Like, this is cool. Then he's taking her back into the kitchen. I was like, "Don't you dare fuck her on a on a place where you you make food, where you prepare food. Mm-hmm. Please do not do that." And he. At first, then just starts cooking for her, which I thought was, okay, this is – when are they going to actually have sex? That was in my mind because it's a very slow burn book. And then, listen, I'm for Conolingus. I'm pro <laughs> going down on somebody. Just not on a surface where food is prepared.
0: Right. Ever. I think that's a line. That's fair.
1: Because especially a commercial ki- – I mean, a commercial kitchen – it's not his kitchen at home. If it's the kitchen at home, do whatever you want at the kitchen at home. Just don't serve me mm-hmm. food. But okay. I fe- – and I bring my own food, so it doesn't – you know, I, I, I'll i bring my food.
0: You literally do, yeah.
1: <laughs> so I just felt like for me with my hangups, that bothered me. Mm-hmm. What did you think of, of somebody getting uh, – somebody performing a sexual act on a surface where food is prepared and served?
0: I, okay, that's disgusting. Yeah. Thank you. But I loved that scene. So it was kind of further in the book. You're right. This is a very slow burn book. But I, but in a way, it kept me interested the entire time. I think sometimes I read slow burns and I'm like, just kiss already. This is dumb. But for them, I think it all made sense. I was intrigued. I was on the hook the whole time. But that was incredibly sexy because basically Killian's having this issue with Ezra who is his foster brother slash owns, the, owns all the restaurants, so his boss. And as a side note, I think we could – can we stop the backstory of being foster kids? I feel like it's a little bit like any time they're just like, we want to give this person a, a reason to be grumpy. They're a foster kid. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I find it like a little bit – cheap at this stage uh so he has cooked this food and it's not the way he wants he's cooked it the way Ezra wants and he gets this review from this very prestigious uh reviewer and it's awful and he pans it so Killian's pissed because his food was panned because he wasn't really doing what he wanted to do he had all these emotions and so he's just like a bear in the kitchen having some whiskey and Wyatt comes and tells Vera like you have to go help him out And I expected Vera to go in and talk to him and be like, you're a good chef. You should do what you want. But she doesn't. She goes in. He's sitting in a chair and she just straddles him and they start making out. And I'm like, I fucking love that. It was so sexy. But it was also just like her knowing him and knowing like you can't talk him out of this. He just needs to be like turned in a different course. He just needs to like break out of this cycle that he's thinking. So I'm just going to start making out with him. And I loved it. And I thought it was super sexy. I agree. Once he picks her up and brings her to the kitchen, the next scene is him cooking for her, and I'm like, okay, so that was a bit of a left turn. Don't eat somebody out on a kitchen counter. I know where this, you're going to serve food to strangers.
1: I know this is a fantasy for for some people, and I yes. don't want to judge them for that. Obviously, for me, this just is. I can't. It's not something that I find sexy, and I can. Give a pass to. Although, like you said, I did love that scene. I thought, this is a weirdly closed-door romance, Mm -hmm. too. There is some stuff that is, you know, like fingering and things like that. But otherwise, we don't really get to the nitty-gritty. Yeah. We don't get a lot of description of the nitty-gritty. And it's fine. I don't need it to be really explicit. But I was surprised that it was not more explicit. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh, though that's not a negative thing. That's just like a surprise. But yeah, but it was fine. I, I didn't feel
0: like it was missing, you know, because I think that's similar to you, the start of this book was so rough for me and it took me a while to start. But once I got over a certain like 20 to 30%, like I was really liking it and I was like, you know, blew through the rest of the book. Once, yeah, so once the train really gets moving, it's it's great. And so it's like, yeah, it's not like a particularly sexy book other than that one scene of her in the kitchen with him
1: or in the restaurant. What did you think of the harebrained idea that they should start, they should open a restaurant together?
0: I didn't love that. I didn't love that as the ending because I did think, you know, Something that Derek did was like constantly tell her that she was too good to work anywhere. And so then she couldn't work anywhere and then she just stayed at home. And I feel like obviously Killian and Derek are completely different people, but they're both chefs. And I do think like, I don't know, I didn't want her to have her first kitchen be with Killian I was like take the job at Bianca which was something that was offered to her to basically run her own kitchen I'm like do that for a few years and then open it with Killian but I felt like they have such a strong relationship they have a relationship that is so wrapped up around food and Uh, talking to each other and improving on each other that I'm like, I can see them opening that kitchen together to would be suffocating. And that's what I thought of when he was like offering to do it with her. It's like, I get why he wants to do it, but I think he should do, he should open a restaurant on his own. She should take Bianca. And then maybe in five years they open something together. But I, I think it's a bad idea. I don't like it. (laughs) Most restaurants Uh,
1: fail. Most restaurants close. Nothing is harder on a relationship than money troubles and financial failures or business failures if you are connected with that person. Mm -hmm. That is a recipe for disaster. And again, like I said, I know this is a romance. I know it's a fantasy. But these are the kind of things that stick out to me where I'm like, that is not a fantasy to go into business with a person that you just fell in love with.
0: And especially a business like restaurant opening a restaurant it that is like the hardest the smallest margin of of error and yeah i think i don't know when he was suggesting that i was really hoping that she would say no like she would say yes to him yes to the relationship obviously i wanted that but say no to that truly harebrained ridiculous idea um but she wanted to go all in which you know what did you think of the end uh when he proposes to her in foodie
1: That was fun. I thought that was a cute ending where everybody shoves into the small space to say goodbye to Foodie. That was definitely like, uh, I I think a nice ending. I thought it was cute that it, I mean, I knew (laughs) that it was coming. I knew as soon as he brought her a box of something, it was going to be that, but I thought that was cute.
0: I liked it too. I thought it was really sweet and he brought it in one of the dessert boxes from lilu which is when they first like were trading food he would trade desserts for her food and she would get those like boxes i yeah i liked the ending i really loved you know them together and and getting married and stuff which i think is like you know marriage isn't the goal or whatever but i do think it's like these are two people who want to be married and who want to start a life together and so i was really happy
1: well here's the big question would you fuck them
0: Oh yes, and yes, for sure.
1: So even you would Vera, even though you don't, you find her annoying.
0: I mean, there's something about uh, who said it. I can't remember Shakespeare. Like it might have been what Shakespeare. Shakespeare said it. Uh, no, it might have been Nora Ephron or Julia Child or somebody. But they said basically like people who love food are the are the best people. Like there is a thing I think about people who are really into one of the senses and, and that they are normally like pretty good at sex. So I think somebody who's like – and I think that's the appeal of a chef too is that, that somebody who's really thinks that much about the experience of eating, which is such a sensual and intimate experience, that they are going to probably be good at other sensual and intimate experiences. So yeah, both of them. Sure.
1: I would only kill Ian, but he'd have to wear a long sleeve mm-hmm. shirt. Cover those tats.
0: Ah. <laughs> Killing could be a hundred percent in the nude for me.
1: That's nice of you.
0: Um, all right, should we do Goodreads lists?
1: Let's do it.
0: Okay. So on a bunch of lists, uh like two or three pages. Um so first, best modern, mostly epic love stories.
1: Okay. I don't think there's anything really epic about this.
0: Epic, yeah. I mean, it's like a pretty small, small town love story which is fine that's what it is but yeah uh slow romance yes best enemies to lovers
1: yeah you know this is an enemies to lovers that i liked and i don't usually like enemies to lovers
0: i thought oh yeah i thought this was great contemporary romance featuring older man and younger woman how much how old is he
1: Yeah, I don't know. She's 26. He's probably in his 30s. I don't think he's like 40. He's probably in his 30s. So unless we're did not read into this as him being way older than her.
0: Yeah, I would consider them in the same like age bracket. I'm like, maybe she's a little younger than him, but they seem to be contemporaries to me. But I mean, yeah, maybe we missed out on something. Uh, Sexy chef romance. Yes. Gorgeous and grumpy.
1: Um. Yeah. I mean, he's he's grumpy. I guess. Yeah. I mean, he's more. Yeah. He's more of an asshole. I. Uh, no, he's not really an asshole though. He's. I don't know if he's like grumpy. He's just really I driven just and like, direct.
0: Right. He's like direct and abrasive, and it's like he just needs to learn how to like shave down the edges a little bit to exist in society. <laughs> But I don't, but it's like also it's like, I mean, I've had those bosses or I've worked with those people who are like stone face and they're taskmasters and they really want to get things done and they have a specific way they want things done, but are still like really lovable and kind people. And there's a way that you could act that way and demand that level of precision and still be a good person and really um, elicit a lot of loyalty from the people who work with you that I think Killian does. And I think, you know, I've also worked with those people who are that exacting and specific and are just assholes and are just mean. And I think that Killian has whatever that little extra spark is of people really understanding why he's doing it and knowing that he wants everyone around him to succeed at the highest level, and therefore holds them to the highest standard, you know?
1: Yes, I would agree with that.
0: All right. Opposites attract contemporary romance.
1: Are they really opposites? I mean, they're opposite in the way that they feel about. Well, I don't I wouldn't say they're opposites because they want the same things. Really? Mm-hmm. They work in the same industry. They just don't right. agree well, at first.
0: I agree. I don't know that they're opposites. A friend group romance series.
1: Uh, Yes.
0: Grouchy men and hilarious ladies.
1: They, I do think they had good back and forth, but I don't think Mm -hmm. she's hilarious.
0: No. Gotta love a man with a beard. Yep. Yeah. Best book boyfriends. I'd put him in that. Yeah, I think he's a very good book boyfriend for sure. Those are the lists. And Clayton, what are your tropes?
1: My tropes are beard burn. 'Cause she used to she got a bunch of beard <laughs> burn, swollen lips. She talked about how her lips were always swollen from kissing him. Enemies to lovers. Bad ex boyfriends. Professional rivals. Shop around the corner riff. And bearded heroes. Aaron, what are your tropes?
0: So I have a big man leading in a doorway he at one time he goes to visit her in the food in foodie in the food truck and he just like leans in the doorway and the doorway is a little small for him this is something Kate Claiborne brought up on Twitter a few months ago I've never forgotten it just so <laughs> just so she knows I want to always give her adequate uh, uh attribution um so that's a great scene uh enemies to lovers rivals to lovers uh hero who uh rides a motorcycle which is very sexy um hero steps in when ex-boyfriend is an asshole so this is something that i love too derek starts bothering her showing up at her work and you know she finally like relents and says she'll talk to him and then he sort of gets starts shouting at her and so then killian like runs and we didn't know that he had been watching but he had been watching the whole time and sort of steps in and really takes charge of the situation in a way that i really liked
1: yeah i like and i like that second time when derek shows up and wyatt is there as well Mm -hmm. and why it really sticks up for her and he that was just nice that made me feel good that she had people to help her and to show Mm -hmm. her like again Derek's not a not a man he's not you know he's not the man she thought he was he's a bad person and Wyatt and and Killian are good men
0: Right, right. And Wyatt, I mean, yeah, you do kind of fall in love with Wyatt in this book, too, because Wyatt really does a great job of, like, keeping an eye on her, making sure she's okay, but not prying, not, like, forcing her to talk about something she doesn't want to talk about, which I feel like sometimes people do in those situations where, like, you need to tell me, you need to tell me. But Wyatt is like, listen, I'm just going to help you out with this situation. You'll tell me when you want to tell me. And I really loved that. And, yeah, badass chefs. We, like, all tattooed and stuff. Tattooed hero. Proposal in front of family, which was really sweet at the end. He gets everyone into the food truck and then proposes to her. We already talked about it, and I loved it. Curvy heroin. Those are my tropes. Great. Um, All right, Clayton, what has you swooning this week?
1: Well, I'm swooning about an album that dropped a surprise drop for an album. It was the Fleet Foxes' latest one called Shore. And Mm -hmm. I was never a Fleet Foxes fan. I got to tell you, I never really got into them. And then this album came out, which I believe is their fourth album. And I was listening to it on Spotify. And it immediately kind of hit me in that way that music does where it's familiar, but also a little bit surprising, which is the best kind of music. And I do feel like I'm sliding into middle age now because fleet foxes was seemed to me always as a band where i was like oh, i'll listen to that when i'm like 45 and <laughs> now i mean i'm not that old but this album just really resonated with me and i really love it it's it immediately grabbed me which their other stuff had never done so i'm just gonna roll with it because why not who can fight it at this point so if you're a fan of them previously, I think you'll like this album. If you never heard them, it might be a a good introduction to them. So Fleet Foxes, sure, is my swoon. And I did purchase it because as soon as I listened to it a few times on Spotify, that's my rule. If I If I listen to it more than a few times on Spotify the whole way through, I buy it because I know that I'm just going to want to listen to it more. So Aaron, what has you swooning?
0: I mean, you swooned about Great British Bake Off last week. I'm swooning. The Battenberg was a fantastic challenge. Um, I'm loving Soraya. I'm loving Rowan. It's really if you haven't got on the GBBO train yet, I think this is the this is a season to get on. And there's only been one episode, and it's great. Did,
1: but is Soraya the one who knocked over that dude's? Yeah. See, Mark. that annoyed me. Like everybody's saying they love Soraya so much, but her just flicking her hand to to get that fly and knocking his stuff off, I think that's an underrated kind of like, I know she didn't do it on purpose and felt really bad, but don't make any sudden movements in the kitchen like that. That's That to me was, did not make me like her even though she's like a good chef uh, a good baker
0: i think i get it no that's really annoying i agree i mean she she was crying and then she won the challenge and she just like continued to cry she felt so bad about it so i think yeah. it's like it was an honest mistake that i think like she won't make again i fell in love with her when she was wearing a tracksuit and walking her cat in london i felt like that was a moment where i really saw myself reflected in the tv
1: yeah <laughs>
0: I don't own a tracksuit or a cat and I don't live in London, but spiritually there was a, (laughs) there was a similarity there. Yeah. Um, and then Rowan is the old man and he just seems so happy. And then his celebrity that he loved and wanted to make a bust of was Marie Antoinette. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I love it. That's not my swoon, but I think this will just be an ongoing swoon. We're going to have GBBO uh corner where we just discuss the latest episode.
1: We'll have our we'll um, have our bake off bubble within the show where we talk about stuff. Yeah. But we can't get too like, in depth because that's that would really extend these episodes.
0: Oh yeah. But I would pay so much money to be in the bake off bubble. Yes. What a dream. The thing I'm actually swooning about this week is um LuckyScent.com, which is just like a perfume website, but something that they do that I really love is they will send you samples of all of these really expensive fancy perfumes for like $5. And I obviously don't leave the house. I don't go to parties. (laughs) I don't go to bars. I don't go anywhere. But I think I've gotten really into perfumes and I love it because you read all the scents and you're like, what's an emotion I want to sort of invoke? And you look through all the scents that are like salt water, that are summer, that are tuberose, that are rose. And what I've really loved doing is then, you know, getting a few of them. And the bottles are like a good size. Like you probably get like 10, 12 wears out of them. And then I've just been like wearing perfume around the house as just sort of like a mood lifter, just like kind of for myself. And, you know, a lot of these perfumes are like so expensive. It's stupid. Um so it's like a fun way to have like those little moments, um, to yourself. And I think it's like right now you have to find and take joy where you can take it. Um, and so I've been really enjoying that. And also like, just if you're bored, read the descriptions of perfumes because there is, it really transports you to another place, um, and memory. And I, and I really am loving it and so it's something that I've been doing to waste the time and try to uplift my spirits and maybe it'll work for you too. It's kind of silly and weird but um yeah so luckycent.com it's nice. a great place to be great well erin right. where can they find us so you can always email us at learningthetropespodcast podcast at gmail dot com we're on Twitter at learning tropes on Instagram at learning the tropes we have our Facebook group the learning the tropes troop we have merchandise which you can click below i mean the holidays are coming up buy a shirt for every member of your family why not <laughs> um i'm still looking forward to the moment where i see a shirt in the wild i think that'll be a really fun moment obviously don't forget to rate review subscribe we have been getting some truly all-star reviews lately if you're nervous about writing review you can just do five stars and just say great show <laughs> or whatever um I would say you know give us an honest review but no it's 2020 and we really need to get pumped up so it's it's four or five stars or nothing um next week we it's October already we are doing a month of spooky books and a movie our, our movie is going to be Practical Magic and the first book we're reading is like a ghost story set in New York City called The Widow of Rose House by Diana Miller it's her first book so I am really excited to read a new author um And then finally, learning the tropes is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media backslash podcasts.
1: All right, bye, guys. Bye.